This morning we continue our journey through the Gospel of Mark. We, we find ourselves at the end of the seventh chapter where Jesus performs two miracles. Casting the demon out of a young Syrophoenician girl and healing a deaf and mute man. However, what is significant about these two miracles is that they were both done among the Gentiles. We begin with the first miracle in Mark 7, verses 24 through 30. Let me read this about this miracle. It says, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little girl was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syria, Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Let's pray. Dear dear Father, we thank you so very much for, again, the the example that we see here in Jesus. He, He was a powerful individual. He was your son. And God, I pray that he'll be glorified in this message this morning. But God, also, I I pray that we'll be open to the truth that you have for us from what he did. That, that again, we might learn from him and that we might live like him. And so work in these moments. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I've been to a doctor several times recently. And when you're registering, they always ask several questions about the coronavirus. If you've had any of the symptoms of the virus, or if you've been in contact with anyone over the past 14 days who had the virus. I'm assuming that if I'd been in contact with someone recently who was infected, that I'd be asked to leave. Come back after being quarantined. I mean, in some sense, you would... I would have been considered unclean. We've been learning as we've been journeying through Mark that there were several things among the Jews in Jesus' day that made you unclean. Not not cleaning your hands in a certain way before you ate made you unclean. Eating certain foods made you unclean. And coming in contact with certain people made you unclean. For example, to touch a leper made you unclean. I mean, you didn't want to get infected with their leprosy. But we saw back in the first chapter of Mark that that didn't stop Jesus from touching a leper who had come to him for healing. There there was another kind of people that the Jews were not to have contact with, the Gentiles, those who weren't Jews. They were to avoid any contact with them or they would be considered unclean. But again, that doesn't stop Jesus from going into Gentile regions 
and having contact with Gentile people. We see that in today's scripture, where, where Jesus goes to a Gentile region near the village of Tyre, and he comes in contact with a Greek woman born in Syria, Phoenicia. He, he begs him, uh, she begs him, to drive the demon out of her daughter. We begin with Matthew's account, same story, Matthew 15, verses 21 through 23. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman, described just a little bit differently, but same woman, from that vicinity came, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. And so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. I mean, we're a little surprised by the reaction. The reaction both of Jesus and his disciples to the woman and her request for her daughter's healing. I mean, Jesus doesn't respond, and the disciples respond negatively. I believe that Jesus didn't respond because he was waiting to see how his disciples would respond. Would they show compassion for this woman or not? The disciples showed no compassion for the woman, no sensitivity for her needs or her hurts. They simply wanted to get rid of her. There may have been many different reasons for this reaction on the part of the disciples. But certainly it reflects some prejudice against the Gentile woman. <laughs> they, they had come to get away from people. And they didn't want to get bothered by this woman. This Gentile woman. You know we can too can be prejudiced towards certain people. Maybe it's needy people that we don't want to be bothered with. <laughs> Maybe it's people we find annoying. Maybe it's people who we consider lower class than us or higher class than us. Maybe it's people who are different from us racially or politically. Maybe it's people with different moral standards than us. Let's face it, we all at times can be just like the disciples. At times we want nothing to do with some people. That's the reason that Jesus uses these miracles to teach his disciples and us two lessons about compassion. The, the first lesson is this. While Jesus' ministry focused on the Jews, he had compassion for all people. I, I want you to hear how Jesus finally did respond. Mark 7, verse number 27 Again, he's responding to this request from this, uh, again, a woman, this Gentile woman. He says, first let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. I don't know about you, but this is a strange and troubling response from Jesus. I mean, this woman wants healing for her daughter, and he starts talking about kids eating all that they want and not taking the kids' bread 
and tossing it to dogs. But, but Jesus was simply reflecting the attitude the Jews had towards the Gentiles. The Jews thought of themselves as children of God who had his blessing upon their lives. And they thought of the Gentiles as being outside of God's blessing. They were like dogs in comparison with them. As a matter of fact, the Jews often used the term dogs to describe the Gentiles. It was a derogatory term. It's interesting that Jesus doesn't use that derogatory term describing the Gentiles as wild dogs. Instead, he uses a term that describes a family pet. In some sense, that doesn't change the harshness of Jesus' statement. I mean, the truth is, his ministry was focused on the Jewish people, not on the Gentiles. He was their promised Messiah. And yet, that did not stop him from having compassion for all people, whether they were Jews or Gentiles. And it certainly didn't stop him from having compassion on this Gentile woman. Notice how the woman responds to Jesus. Mark 7, verse 28, Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. This is the only place in Mark when a person calls Jesus Lord. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the disciples never use that term to address Jesus, but this Gentile woman does. I mean, she is honoring Jesus. She believes that he has the power to cast the demon out of her daughter. And she also understands that he, that he has a special ministry to the Jewish people. But, but in her mind, what harm would there be in allowing the dogs to eat the children's crumbs that fall on the floor? What harm would there be if the Gentiles, like me, enjoyed some of the leftover blessings from the Jews? In response to that statement, Jesus cast the demon out of the woman's daughter. Look at what happens. Mark 7 Verses 29 and 30. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and, followed, and found her daughter lying on the bed and the demons gone. Matthew describes it just a little bit different. In Matthew 15, 28, it says, Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have a great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that very moment. See, Jesus heals the woman's daughter on the basis of her faith. And her reply demonstrates her faith. As a matter of fact, going home demonstrated her faith. She trusted that Jesus had healed her daughter. And Jesus commends faith, whether it is Gentile faith or Jewish faith. Jesus commends faith regardless of race or nationality. Jesus simply has compassion for all people. And when he eventually dies, he dies for all people. And the gospel message that Jesus saves, I mean that message is for all people. 
He is, as one preacher put it, a savior for young and old, religious and non-religious, students, businessmen, doctors, nurses, truck drivers, factory workers, friends, neighbors, and relatives. Now, Now again, how does all of that apply to us? I mean, I think the application is clear. As disciples of Jesus, our compassion must be for all people. I mean, there were no limits to Jesus' compassion, and there needs to be no limits to our compassion. We are to love all people, whether they are American, Mexican, or Chinese. We are to love all people, whether they are Democrats, Republicans, or Independents. We are to love all people, whether they are upper class, middle class, or lower class. We are to love all people, whether they are black, yellow, red, or white. And we are to love all people, whether we agree with them and their lifestyle. Jesus loved them all. He died for them all, and he wants all of them to know his love and his salvation. He has told us as his disciples to go make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. And we can't make disciples of all nations unless we have compassion and love all people groups. This is one of those things that isn't just an option for us as disciples of Jesus. People will know that we are Christians by our love, by our compassion. In our Bible study this morning, we asked the question, when you were growing up, Who did you look up to? I immediately thought of two people. My my preacher growing up, Frank Meyer, and and a youth sponsor that I had, Jerry Wade. And to be honest with you, I don't remember one special thing that either of these men said to me. What I do remember is that they loved me. They had compassion upon me as a struggling teenager. Now, people, you and I need to be the Frank Meyer and Jerry Wade for others who are struggling. Our hearts in life must be full of Jesus' compassion. He had compassion for all people, and we must have compassion for all people. There's a second lesson that comes from the second miracle And that is while Jesus' ministry focused on people's spiritual needs, he had compassion for people's physical needs. Let me read about that miracle, Mark 7, 31 through 37. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. Then some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could not hardly speak. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a great sigh said to him, Ephatha which means be open. At this, the man's ears were open and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. 
Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now here Jesus does another great miracle, and it's in the Gentile region. Some people bring to Jesus a man who needs healing because he is deaf and has a speech impediment. Remember back in Mark 2, some men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus for healing, lowering him through a roof. And Jesus heals that paralyzed man, and he heals this man here as well. He takes him away from the crowd, puts his fingers into the man's ears, and then he spits, probably on his own fingers, and touches the man's tongue. And then he says in verse number 35, it says, He looked up to heaven, and with a sigh said to him, Ephrathah which means be opened. Jesus looks up to heaven in recognition that he needs his heavenly Father to work in this man's life. He gives a deep sigh, it says. He is troubled by all of the sickness, sorrow, and suffering in a sinful world. He has compassion for this man and his suffering. And so he tells him, he opened, and instantly the man could hear perfectly, and he could speak plainly. Then then Jesus told the man and his friends not to tell anyone about the miracle. Isn't that strange? I mean, this man could finally speak clearly, and he wasn't to tell anyone who healed him. Now, that didn't work. The more great things that Jesus did, the more people kept talking about him. However, we must remember that the focus of Jesus' ministry was upon his teaching ministry and not his healing ministry. He wanted to save people's souls and not just heal people's bodies. Plus, the miracles that Jesus did are all demonstrating that he was the Jews' promised Messiah. Look at the last verse, verse number 37. It says, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now now listen to Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. This is where Isaiah is prophesying about the coming Messiah, and he describes it this way. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened. And the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. I mean, that day Jesus unstopped the ears of the deaf, and the mute tongue shouted for joy. And he wants everyone to know, but especially his disciples, that the promised Messiah has come into the world. And while Jesus' ministry may have been focused on people's spiritual needs, he had compassion for people's physical needs. He is teaching through his life and ministry that sometimes you can't reach people spiritually 
unless you minister to them physically. And that's the application that we must make today as disciples of Jesus. Our compassion must focus on people's spiritual and physical needs. I've spent a lot of time recently thinking over my years of ministry. And there have been a lot of changes that have happened in the church over those years. During the early years of ministry, most evangelical churches like ours put an emphasis upon the spiritual, reaching people with the saving message of Jesus. At the same time, most mainline denominations put an emphasis on the physical, ministering to people's needs. What we have learned over the years is that what the church needs to do is to place an emphasis on the spiritual and on the physical, just like Jesus. There is a saying that I have heard repeatedly and have said repeatedly. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let me just repeat that. People don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. A hungry person may not be ready to hear the gospel unless you care for them and feed them. A needy person may not be ready to receive Jesus unless we care for them and meet their needs. A grieving person may not be ready to come to Christ unless we care for them and minister to their hurts. A lonely person may not be ready to study the scriptures unless we care for them and befriend them. An addicted person may not be ready to listen to Jesus unless we care for them and help them with their addiction. I think you get my point, or maybe I should say Jesus' point. His compassion focused on people's spiritual needs and physical needs. And our compassion must focus on people's spiritual needs and people's physical needs. That, That brings us to our practical applications this morning. What what do we want to do as a result of this morning's message? We've already talked about some of these. First of all, as a disciple of Jesus, you need to learn from his example and his teachings. I mean, that's the emphasis that we're making as we're going through the book of Mark. We are learning how to be disciples of Jesus, to listen to his teachings, to watch his example. If you're a Christian this morning, God intends for you to be a disciple. Number two, as Jesus had compassion for all people, you must have compassion for all people. It it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He did it for the whole world. Not just for Americans. Not, not, not just for those in North America. Not just those in South America, but the whole world. All people. And we need to have compassion for all people. Whoever they are. Whatever their background. Whatever their likes or dislikes. Whatever their personality And then then number three, as Jesus' compassion focused on people's spiritual and physical needs, your compassion must focus on people's spiritual 
and physical needs. See, it's simply our hearts and lives must be full with Jesus' compassion. And in his compassion, we need to meet needs. We need to meet needs. And the greatest need that people have, the greatest you have who, who are listening today on the radio, the greatest need that you have is salvation in Jesus Christ. And we want you to know a saving relationship with him. That, that's the, the priority of our ministry. We're here to make disciples. Disciples for Jesus. Now again, if there's another way that we can minister to you, we'll, we'll, we'll try to minister to you. But we want you to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. And so if there's some way that we can minister to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Give us a call on our church phone, 217-379-4443. Or again, you can contact us to our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. Let, let me pray for you. Dear, dear Father, I thank you so very much for this uh, time to study your word. And, and I thank you so very much for, for the power that we've seen in Jesus' compassion. And God, I would just pray that you would help us uh, to be a compassionate people. And that we would love all people. And, and that we would strive to meet physical and spiritual needs. God, it's, it's my prayer that you will work in us as your disciples to impact others. And God, I pray for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, haven't chosen to be disciples, that you will work in their lives. Work in all of us. Work through all of us. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you uh, for listening today. And, and again, I want to wish you well in the week ahead. And I look forward uh, to sharing with you again next Sunday.